Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Fan is live and local with Fan Sports Saturday. The Fan Sports Day of the Week. Oh, this is some clever branding. Here's your host, Place Name Here. Good afternoon, I am Place Name Here. <laughs> I am Jeff Dudoff, Tito. He, on the other end with the laughter, is Place Name There. Jensen Lewis, Ryan back there running things for us, shaking and baking. Jensen, how are you today, my friend? Uh, happy bowl season, my friend. We have made it. Uh, it is uh, the most wonderful time of the year, if you're a pigskin fan. Uh, and let's just a little icing on the cake here with three NFL games today. And oh, by the way, yes, Browns fans will be locked in to that final one of the night with Denver uh, and Detroit, of course, uh, AFC playoff implications. Albeit, uh, Tito, they doesn't matter if Browns win, lose, tie. They're staying in fifth place in the AFC playoff picture, at least for this week. Well, we can get into that later. Uh, but a big one, too, for the Bengals here uh, yeah. at 1 o'clock. So excited uh, for a full day, uh, full gamut, and uh, to be back with you, buddy. And, and of course, with RB on uh, uh, you know, hitting, the, hitting the dials and, uh, and the switches. So been a while, my friend, but uh, happy holidays to you, and uh, hope all your Christmas shopping is done, too. Back at you, and I don't even know if all my shopping's done. Ask my wife. <laughs> Text her. Ask her if I'm done. I yes. don't. I'll, I'll tell you what will happen, though, Jensen, for me, is I will end up on the 23rd or 24th saying, oh, you know what? I should probably just, I'll, I'll go yeah. get this. I'll get this. I'll, I'll going out there and uh, spending too much time on the 23rd and 24th and getting things that I, I dragged my feet on. I'll end up overspending like I always do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking like I'm going to go out and buy a Lexus. Not that I'm saying, but I'll go out and I'll look at something. Oh, you know, I should have got this. And then I'll, I'll kick myself for it later. I'm one of the kids who already cast it aside by 10 a.m. on Christmas morning. Um, <laughs> but that's where I'll be at. Uh, Ryan? Tito, before we go too far into this show here, yes. we've got to congratulate our guy Jensen, the newest fill-in sports anchor for W. KYC Channel 3 up in Cleveland. He no made his kidding. debut this week. Really? Yeah. Well, it was uh, it, one, one of those uh, in true bullpen form. Yes. Um, uh, my co-host, as you guys know, on Guardians Live, Al Pulowski, also the voice of the Cleveland State Vikings, uh, just happened to work out. And, of course, Jim Donovan, uh, you know, recovering uh, from uh, his cancer treatments. And uh, Nick Camino just had his third child. Uh, so he's on uh, paternity leave there. And, uh, so it all, it all fell to me. Uh, they, they called and I said, yeah, I'll get the old right arm ready to go, but I'll tell you a quick story, fellas for, this will be my 12th year in broadcast coming up in 2024. I've never read prompter. Everything has been ad lib. Everything has been just, Hey, this is what I know. This is what I think. And so, you know, on the news, you, you have to read the prompter. Right. And so I came in on Tuesday and uh, I told our producer, uh, David Kinder, I said, hey, man, um, I, if we could just roll it right before I go on, you know, right. just so I can kind of see the speed and see what I'm doing. 
And uh, lo and behold, we came out. He goes, dude, you would have thought you've been doing this for like 10 years. Look so I was like, all right, you. good. Nice. This this works out really well. But I appreciate that, RB. And uh, yeah, a, a lot of great compliments up here. Now, it works hand in hand. Uh, KYC, Tegna owned. Of course, uh, 971, Tegna owned. So uh, it's all in the family, boys and girls. All in the family. Uh, go. We do have, I didn't know we had this in the system. We do have two short clips from <laughs> Jensen's debut. Here's one of them. Oh. And boom goes the dynamite. And then we have one more. <laughs> I'm on Burgundy. So there we go. Well done, Jensen Lewis. That's outstanding. I don't know how he put those together so quickly, but somehow they were in the system. I did. I did feel a little Ron Burgundy esque, you know, going in. It's the first time I've worn a tie in like five years because right. we haven't had to do it on on the pre and post game show. So uh, having to you know make sure everything matches and all that, and, right. and you know making sure you don't uh, mess up any of the words. So. Do, you do your own makeup. Uh, I, I, I'm not at that point yet, which okay. is great. Uh, right. The youth uh, is still shining through, at least for a little while longer. Right. So, uh, But uh, appreciate uh, the shout-out. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, appreciate everyone uh, uh, that tuned in and, and sent uh, messages and congrats. So back on tonight uh, at 6 and 11 if you're in the viewing area. And then uh, my final go-around, uh, at least at the moment, on uh, Tuesday next week. Did you enjoy it? It's fun, man. I mean, it's quick rip. Like I, I've done these kind of things for uh, morning radio uh, for uh, WTAM over here in, in Northeast Ohio, and you know, it's kind of the same duration, right? It's you know, two two and a half minutes, and you got to make sure you get you know, a lot of things in the pertinent things, obviously. So a lot of Browns injury news, a lot of Cavs injury news, and then you know, getting ready for Sunday. Uh, and then you know we had uh, the monsters last night. Uh, 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 Pearson got his first uh, goal, and uh, they threw the teddy bears right. uh, on the ice, uh, which was so neat to see. I, I didn't even realize that they donate all those uh, to charity, which is fantastic. Uh, Cleveland State. This was a buy game, by the way. Cleveland State going to Bradley. Uh, that was supposed to be a buy game. They were nine ten point underdogs. They went outright. Uh, so my man Al Pulowski getting to call that win up there. Uh, but yeah, it was fun and uh, excited to see. Um, you know, hopefully in the future, if those opportunities come down, would would love to do it again. The uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl going on right now. Georgia OU. OU. OU's up 10 to nothing in that game. We've got the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Howard and Florida A&M play at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Jacksonville State, Louisiana at Caesars Superdome in New Orleans at 215. The Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. <laughs> well, that was, that's always a classic. That's one my family gathers around the TV for. Maybe Ohio you, and App State. you got to say it like the jingle on the commercial there. How's that? Avocados from Mexico. <laughs> there we go. I'm afraid if I do that, I'll get suspended. Uh, you don't care. You've got so much to fall back on now. You're a TV star. The uh, Isleta New Mexico Bowl. Isleta is it Isleta or Isleta uh, producer? I think it's Isleta. Isleta, he turned away from me because he didn't know the answer. I, I don't. I'm trying to look it up. I don't no, know. He turned away saying. like like when you're in the class, the teacher would call on you and you look away. <laughs> you know, that's yes. what he did right there. Uh, that's New Mexico State and Fresno State. The L.A. Bowl with UCLA and Boise State, seven thirty tonight at SoFi, and then tonight at nine fifteen, Cal against Texas Tech in the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, nine fifteen, Shreveport, Louisiana. Cal gets to go to Shreveport to celebrate the end of their season. But fans um, will love that. Fan, oh, no yeah. matter what. Win, lose, draw, fans will love that experience. Nice little seven pack of bowls out there, plus the NFL, like we talked about there. You've got the Vikings um taking on the Bengals. Uh, you've got the by the way, you glossed right over my Steelers when you talked about the importance of the games today and the AFC North teams. You didn't once mention the fact that the Steelers <laughs> are playing a meaningful game that the Browns will be watching as well. 
Yeah, well, uh, we uh, we will be, but uh, having uh, DTR already beat them, and uh, now we're all wacko for Flacco <laughs> up here. Uh, it is weird, uh, though, that y- you look at the AFC and and just the bottom of it, of of where any on this side of the bracket, regardless yeah. of who gets in, like this is this is as wide open. And I'll give Baltimore their credit. I mean, they're they're good, but this is as wide open an AFC bracket as we've had. And oh, yeah. you could you could be having half the bracket start backup quarterbacks in the playoffs. Oh yeah, because you got what the Colts with a backup quarterback, the Steelers yep. on a backup quarterback, the Browns on their fourth quarterback. Right, that's three teams yes. right there that are in there. Yep. Um, and then uh, Jacksonville should be fine with Lawrence, Kansas City, Miami, and Baltimore. But yeah, so it's uh, we could have three backup quarterbacks or backup to backup quarterbacks going there. Uh, Minnesota's got a backup quarterback in the NFC side. So um, yeah, there's a lot. It, it's it's amazing how tight it is down there in the AFC and how the games this week. Like in addition, to, you know, Steelers and Colts are the six and seven seed right now, and the Browns are the five seed, and um, Texans, Broncos. Bengals, Bills, all seven and six as well. Um, so we'll see a lot of jumbling on that, and a lot of these weird tiebreakers will go to like the eighth level of getting uh, determining who's going to be in what spot. But yeah. um, it's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. But yeah, three NFL games, all NFL Network today um, for those games, and then uh, obviously the, the bowl games, which are owned by I think is every bowl game on ESPN or ABC. Or there's like one or two that's not. I think no, I, I believe that uh, everything is ESPN, ABC up to a certain. Like CBS has a couple, I believe. Um, Fox obviously uh, has a few, but yeah, in the early going here, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything is. See, Fox is, has uh, the Holiday Bowl on the twenty seventh with Louisville and USC. Yeah, um, uh, the CW, the CW has arguably the biggest tilt of the bowl ooh. season: Toledo and Wyoming. Oh yeah, uh, in the Arizona Bowl. I wasn't going to watch that game anyway. Now I'm definitely going to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State Notre Dame is on CBS. That's uh, right. Uh, Oregon State Notre Dame CBS. Yeah. That's right. So CBS gets an opportunity, an opportunity of Notre Dame. Um, but yeah, everything else, though, ESPN, ABC own everything. And I'm at a point now when it comes to the bowl games, J. Lou, where, you know, when when I was younger, and I know I'm the elder statesman of the three of us, uh, which is normally the case when I'm working anymore, but, um, you know, there were like 13 or 14 bowl games or whatever, and it was a huge deal to be in them, and uh, which and it was better matchups, and so it was always like must-see TV because you didn't get the influx of games throughout the season where you could watch every single game if you wanted to. I'm at a point now where I'm just saying the hell with it. Let's put every team in a bowl game. I don't care what your record is. Let's just let every team play one more game, get a little bit extra practice time for next year, and just since they meet, they don't mean crap right now in most cases anyway, let's just let them all in. So I know that once the final rankings came out and the selection show uh, happened, the, the, the brackets for the 12-team playoff came up. And golly, it, does it look really nice um, for just this year's matchups? Yeah. Um, I, I think that in and of itself will probably be uh, something that's very, very palatable uh, as we come into next year. So, you know, if you think about where college football is. And I know, what is it? Is it D2 uh, that does the 32 team? Uh, do they do 32 or 16? They do 32, don't they? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So so in essence, I mean, you're getting three extra weeks anyway yeah. uh, from there. So why not, you know, next season? And and we've said, that, and perhaps you and I have talked about this. If not, we can do it. The the ability to generate additional revenue on campus for these higher-seeded teams yeah. that get to host those initial rounds, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, okay? And then even the next round, you know, yeah. when you get to the quarterfinals, that in those 
team's home stadium. Right. Even better. Okay. So you get two gates. If you have to play in the first round, you get at least two gates, which is great. Um, I still am in favor of the neutral sites. No problem with that for the Senate. Uh, and of course for the national title game. Uh, but I, um, I think we're in, in our era of NIL, uh, in, and where things are going. It, it only seems to lend to the seasons getting longer and longer anyway. Right. And today, not to take anything away from the bowl games that we played today, but let's face it, a lot of us, a lot of the viewing public is not going to have a genuine interest in an 11 a.m. Myrtle Beach Bowl. You will have a genuine interest in a 1 o'clock or a noon kickoff of what would have been Oregon and Missouri. Yeah. The 8-9 game. Yep. Uh, you definitely would have had interest in a 4-30 kickoff of Georgia and Ole Miss. And you sure as hell would have had a huge idea that, oh, we're planning our Saturday around Ohio State, Penn State. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely you would. Yeah. So it's it's. I think it's just a matter of how they want to dress this thing up. Once you get to 12 next year and see where it goes, uh, I think we're just scratching the surface there of expansion. And something that people need to realize, too, is that they never retract. They never go backwards on numbers. Like, you'll never see Major League Baseball, I don't think, go back to, ah, you know what, let's go back to fewer playoff teams. NFL will never, yeah, you know what, let's go back to just, like, four. NBA won't go, like, no no one's going to go back to fewer teams in a postseason uh, championship deciding situation, you know? So it, it's only like this right now, if you've got the 12 teamer coming up next year, that's the lowest it will ever be again. It will yep. never be lower than 12 again mm-hmm. for the playoffs. And so, uh, you know, if you're somebody who wants the expanded thing, that's the op- optimist way to look at it. They're never going to take away. You know, how many times like this year, people complaining about the Diamondbacks and Rangers, uh, Diamondbacks making it all the way through despite, you know, getting, they got past the Dodgers, got past the Phillies teams that were much better than them over 162. Baseball doesn't care. They want the money. They want to have more teams in there. And so it's never going to go backwards. And and I think that's just again to kind of put a bow on it. Um, there are there there's just gobs of money uh, that are, are going to be made from the additional. Yeah. Round. I mean, look at look at the pandemic year for baseball when they went to eight teams on both sides. Guarantee you, next CBA, get ready for not only expansion to thirty two teams, yeah. but expansion to eight playoff teams. Yep. It's coming. Yep, I agree. All right, uh, coming up next, we're off and running here. We all know football makes the world go round, but today there are some pretty intriguing basketball games, including one you may need to pay for to watch. We'll talk about that next. Fan Sports Saturday, Tito, Jensen, Ryan Baker on the fan. This promo is brought to you by Common Man and Timmy Hall's Ping Pong Game. The Fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Just because it's the weekend doesn't mean we shut up. This is Fan Sports Saturday. Hell no, we don't shut up. I'm Tito Jeff Fedoff. Jensen Lewis joins us also. Shake and Bake, Ryan Baker there as well. Lots to talk about today. Oh, you scored again. 17 to nothing in that game. Uh, who was it? Howard take the lead in the other game there? Uh, I'm not sure. It's actually 20 to nothing. Oh, you oh. just kicked a field goal heading into halftime. So. Love it. With no Nathan Rourke, who has uh, entered the transfer portal. 
It was one of, I don't know. I think last a time million? I checked, I think it's close to a million. I think the the millionth one actually gets a double transfer if they want. Yeah. That's the thing. That's why guys are waiting to see when that number gets up there. Uh, lots of basketball talk about the two. Ohio State women last night ranked 12th in the country, knocked off Grand Valley State 73-49. to uh, The Buckeyes have got a big one coming up against number two UCLA on Monday out of Value City Arena. Place should be rocking. Uh, Buckeyes improved to 9-1 on the season, 6-0 and at home. And uh, the men today take on UCLA in the CBS Sports Classic down in Georgia. It's that one thing they've had for a few years now where it's uh, the four teams, Ohio State, UCLA, Carolina, North Carolina, I should say, and Kentucky. And they play each other in some way, shape, or form. Each year there's a doubleheader, and it bounces around to different spots. This year, Ohio State draws UCLA. Um, UCLA, not as formidable as they've been recently, but nonetheless, Jensen, it's a big test because I want to see how the Buckeyes bounce back after blowing the 18-point lead to Penn State in their last outing. Yeah, really uh, really tough loss there, too. And, you know, you think about uh, a Mitch Cronin coach team, you know that they're going to be physical uh, at uh, the hoop and then also uh, in transition, too. Uh, Got to be ready uh, not only for them. And you think about where UCLA uh, in their schedule, uh, five and three coming into the season, really, really played Marquette, a uh, top five team, played them very closely, only lost by two. Uh, Gonzaga, uh, who just got throttled by UConn last night, uh, they were 11th at the time that they played them, only lost by four. So uh, it's an, a, a team that, that understands the moment. Uh, they're not going to be uh, intimidated whatsoever, but uh, a home game and, and one, two, where, where you think uh, the backcourt for Ohio State got to be Really, really good with the basketball. Limit the turnovers because UCLA in transition going to be very solid. Uh, number two, Kansas is at Indiana. That should be a fun one. Also, that's got a twelve thirty <laughs> yeah. tip there. Um, and then like Baylor's at Baylor's taking on Michigan State. Number six, but Michigan State's been disappointing so far. Um, I believe uh, they are four and five on the season. Uh, the game is in Detroit, so technically a neutral site game, but not really. Um, but the other big one though. Number one against number three, Arizona takes yeah. on Purdue at Indianapolis. And what's interesting about this game too, Jensen, and God, again, the, this is where my age hel- helps me, but I don't think you or Ryan can remember this, but there was a time when ESPN2 first came out. Like when they first started ESPN2 back in the mid-90s. And they tried to brand it as some hip new station. Um, you had Keith, they, lowercase letters, um, a weird font when they showed that. They had the, the X Games, Extreme Games at the time they started on there. Keith Olbermann appeared on there first wearing like a leather jacket or something, doing like their version of Sports Center. Anyway, to get people to subscribe to ESPN2 or to get their cable companies to add it, they put a game exclusively on ESPN2 between North Carolina and Duke. And it was like a one versus two or one versus three game, if I'm not mistaken. That, you know, when you work into a sports bar, we're Damon's at the time, it drew a lot of people in because we had it when they didn't have it at home. And that's what we have today with Arizona and Purdue because that game is Peacock only. The number one against the number three team in the country, it's not on NBC's regular stations anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. you can pick, it, pick up this game is on Peacock, which is savvy for the Peacock brand. <laughs> but God, it sucks for fans. We go out and buy the app now or buy the, uh, buy the channel. Well, the again, as someone who is uh, in the thick of <laughs> yeah. the, the streaming things, sure. I know we'll we'll talk about it coming up. But uh, it is it is the way of the world now in the a la carte model. Uh, it's again, and I know you you say it, <laughs> don't want to show your age, but right. uh, in in our new age of of how we consume, you know, this is this is now starting to become 
all right, direct to consumer. You're going to hear that a lot in the next 12 to 18 months. And ironically, ESPN, uh, Disney trying to get that going themselves. So if you think, hey, it's so great. ESPN's got everything right now. Wait till that comes out and you're going to be paying a fee for that. So it, this is it, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when yeah. you end up having this you know, shopping cart, if you will, of the different apps that you subscribe to. And and let me throw this out too. So it, I would encourage people, you know, your Spectrum, Cox, whatever you are, uh, as far as your cable provider, go ahead and, and line up your bill for that. Right. And then for the people that do the difference, and I'm I'm one of those people. I God, I don't know, I have like eight, ten different dis- subscriptions to to different apps. Sure. Line up the cost. Line up the cost with with both sides. It's not too much different. Yeah. Yeah. And and so the the issue, and I, I get where you're coming from, is, okay, well, I can just turn my TV on, turn my cable on, and go to the different channels. I don't have to keep logging in, logging out of different apps. And I get the frustration from a lot of people, but this is the way of the world now, and this is how it's going to work. Okay, so let's talk about the Bally's thing, because there's a, a report I saw in The Athletic that uh, Major League Baseball and Bally's regional sports networks have a tentative framework for the broadcasting, how it's going to look in 2024. Because there's 11 teams um, that, uh, as part of that Bally branded regional sports networks. And, uh, you know, this affects the Red, the Guardians, the Reds, um, among other teams. And I, I know you obviously have a vested interest in this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but are, are the Guardians going to get cut out of this? Because I know that Diamond is the, the overall company. They've considered dropping them, right? Yeah, the short answer is uh, there was supposed to be um, a mediation and uh, a court hearing yesterday, which did happen. And I think it went like five hours or something. And uh, basically, the the can was kicked down the road a little bit uh, to January 9th and 10th, in which the next hearing is set for. And so basically, the long and short of it is... uh, I would underline the word encouraged, uh, and and that's where it seems that both sides coming out of this uh, to to underline the framework portion of it as well. There was a point in which, yeah, Cleveland and Texas were being rumored as teams that that could be dropped unless uh, a a new revised financial arrangement could could be arranged there. Um, it seems as though there were more teams that were in those possibilities, including Milwaukee, uh, Detroit, and Atlanta. Uh, but but long and short of it, from yesterday, it feels like there should be some cautious optimism uh, that, again, that, uh, to me, I, I feel like it'll be the last dance uh, okay. edition uh, here in 2024 that, right. that remains to be seen. But uh, the the prevailing winds would, would say that there could be a whole different way to consume your, your games locally of, of at least these teams, uh, if not more. Uh, so again, really nothing decided yesterday, except they're going to meet again in a month. And I would say that with the holidays coming up here in a week, uh, lawyers don't want to be talking when they're supposed to be opening presents and, and doing all those family things. Monica's so, over there. They're free. Yeah, so they can find ways, uh, I think, to move forward. That, that I think, is the theme coming out of this, is that uh, the MLB side, the Diamond side, and particularly some of the, the lawyers for a couple of those teams, uh, and and even for Guardians fans, most notably here, um, I think it was Oliver Zeltner uh, who represents the team. He was quoted as saying, the Guardians are supportive of what's being proposed today. Uh, we haven't been involved in the mediation, but what we've heard today is encouraging. So that's what I would take out of it. Uh, nothing really decided. Yes, there, there might be a framework that's rumored, uh, but still a lot of things to iron out for this thing to get moving. What kind of impact, or would it have an impact on the on the Guardians' ability to spend? 
for the already, upcoming season. Yeah, it already has for some teams, uh, and and whether they want to admit it or not, you can kind of connect the dots here and say with the uncertainty uh, surrounding uh, the 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 ability to distribute these games and and be able to get those revenues. Yeah, I mean, think about Texas, you're the World Series champions, and I think their year over year deals like 110 million a year. Uh, we know the big ticket items there with you know Corey Seager and, and Max Scherzer, uh, Marcus Semien, a uh, lot of and uh, Jacob Degrom. So you know just to get by and and pay their their payroll. I mean, a lot of these teams depend on uh, those TV revenues. So again, not to get not to put the cart before the horse. Right. Uh, I would I would be I think the theme is cautious optimism. Uh, I would say that going into yesterday, uh, I felt the bottom was going to drop out, but uh, I think I'm cautiously optimistic uh, that that things could be moving in a direction where we at least get one more year uh, here under the Bally flag, if you will. All right, coming up next, the Chargers laid an egg. Actually, they did what's the next level down from, I don't know what it is, but they what laid an egg would have been okay. They did worse than lay an egg on Thursday and then did what many expected on Friday. We'll discuss that next, Fan Sports Saturday on The Fan. During this 10-second promo, Rothman will lose money gambling on something. People like you come here and blow the family nest egg that built this town. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Instead of annoying national people talking to you this weekend, we've opted for annoying local people. This is Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday. I'm Tito. He's Jensen Lewis, burgeoning television star. <laughs> I think I used that word correctly. Burgeoning, yes. Is that, did I use it the right way? I believe you did. I meant it to be a compliment. Beginning to grow or increase rapidly, flourishing, yes. Did you look it up or did you know off the top of your head? I did look it up, I will admit. Yes. <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. I'm I'm more just... so I wanted to make sure I spelled it correctly, which I did <laughs> right. on the first time. Yes. Um, OU leads Georgia Southern 20 to nothing at the half in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Howard over Florida A&M 14 to nothing in the Cricket Celebration Bowl. So those games going on right now. NFL kicking off soon. Um, and there's some... There's three games today, all on NFL Network, but um, you got Minnesota-Cincinnati starting things off at 1 o'clock, Pittsburgh-Indianapolis at 4.30, and then close out with Denver and Detroit, a game that a month ago I thought would just be a stupid game. Mm-hmm. And now Denver 7-6, and six, Detroit 9-4. and four. So intrigue all around. All those games have serious implications for the postseason as of now. Um, on Last week on Sunday, the Raiders and Vikings played the lowest-scoring indoor game in NFL history when the Vikings kicked a field goal in the fourth quarter to win three to nothing after benching the pastronaut uh, Joshua Dobbs and they had to put in that game three nothing well then on Thursday short week Chargers and Raiders and the Raiders scored the most points in NFL history in the first half after being shut out in the game they were at 42 to nothing at the half went on to win 63 to 21 good lord with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback i guess the only worse having Aiden O'Connell at quarterback is having a guy or a thing named an Easton Stick um which what you call a baseball bat probably back in your day right in your yes. in little league days and stuff yeah good old Easton Easton's Stick. yeah yes. Easton the Easton Sticks yeah so um 
Anyway, so then after that, the Chargers fired Brandon Staley and their GM, Tom Telesco. There's been a lot of talk about Staley getting fired for a while. It seems like they have had a lot more talent than the results they've produced, Jensen, right? Well, and when you look at how this team has has really struggled, uh, and, and not only uh, their home games, but, but just overall, uh, three games under in the AFC, uh, minus 42-point differential. I mean, they've given up 345 points. That defense has been a sieve. Uh, they really have not been able to stop anybody. And when you don't have any Josh Jacobs, right. uh, when you have Zamir White, and all, all credit, I picked him up on my fantasy team just Attaboy. in case. Didn't, pl- didn't play him. That was right. that was my own fault. Uh, but it, this isn't just you know, the last couple of weeks. This is kind of the last two years, and we know that Brandon Staley has been kind of the poster child. Hey, we're going for it on fourth down. I don't believe in punting. Um, Justin Herbert with the weapons around him should be better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now uh, what's intriguing is that you've got an opening here. And I know a lot's been made about there's going to be probably at least a half dozen spots that are going to be open for head coaches. You imagine what Bill Belichick could do with Justin Herbert? I'm just throwing it out there, sure, uh, to scheme it with that uh, weaponry and and from a defense uh, that that has a Bosa, that has a Mac, um, that you know if they can get healthy in the secondary, then then they'd be okay. It's not on the realm of possibility this thing can turn around quickly, but I think we know now you need a more uh, a more balanced approach there and. And for a team too, I think this year, or maybe overall for Brandon Staley's career in the second half, I mean, the Chargers have been awful, absolutely awful. So whatever halftime adjustments, that's why I threw Belichick in there. If, if there's anyone that is as good as the maestro uh, at halftime of making those adjustments, it's Bill Belichick. The talent is there. They need a guy who knows how to push the buttons the right way. And I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what those eventual head coach candidates are going to look like in a division where the Chiefs look like they're human. Uh, the Broncos uh, started off brutally and now have have really turned it around. And you would think the Raiders, with, with this new leadership, man, have they responded in kind with a backup quarterback? Right. I mean, are the days of Derek Carr done in Vegas? <laughs> I mean, the way it's going, uh, this team looks completely... Uh, different uh, without him. Like Garoppolo uh, out there, yeah. And Garoppolo, too. Yeah. Like I'm just saying, you take the last two quarterbacks that have been there, quote-unquote starters. I mean, Aiden O'Connell has been arguably more effective than them combined. So I, I think that's I think that's the what you look at in the division if you're a head coach uh, candidate is there's not a lot to do here. There's really not a lot. Some difference in scheming, perhaps decision-making on fourth down, and then also some halftime adjustments. Uh, so intrigued to see what what that uh, head coaching nominee list looks like, and then also do they go hire a GM first, or is it kind of uh, a package deal where you got a coach and a GM that that really know each other well, and and it makes sense to bring them both in at the same time. You know, Tito and J. Lou, this is I've gotten a lot wrong on the NFL season this year, but this is one that I nailed. I banged the under. On the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Staley had to go. I think he's not 
a great head coach. I think some of the new age football, he takes a little too far, and it's just ridiculous what he does. But Justin Herbert is not the guy to me. He never really? is, and people get on me for that. But he is not. He's all flash and no substance to me. I don't believe in Justin Herbert at all. He's never won anything. I don't think great quarterbacks get their head coaches fired. Look at what Joe Burrow has done for Zach Taylor. People still think Zach Taylor's stupid, but he's the head coach of the Bengals still because Joe Burrow is so good and has kept him there. Justin Herbert just does nothing for me. He's never going to win anything, and I don't understand all the love for him. Okay, there's a stat that I saw. Uh, By the way, Herbert is... uh... 30 and 32 in his four seasons as a starter. I saw this on CBS Sports. Um, in his four seasons, the offense has averaged 24.4 points per game. I wow. saw this. The defense has allowed 24.8, and that's the second most team points per game by a quarterback with a losing record since 1950 with a minimum of 50 starts. So um, I, I don't think Herbert's the problem. Uh, I know they've lost. I saw also, I think, 14 losses by three or fewer points. That goes to coaching for me a lot of the time. I would give Herbert a shot there, and I think it's a very attractive coaching job if they can stay healthy, and they've got the talent on defense. So Derwin James, they they got plenty of talent. It's just a question of staying healthy. And I was ready to fire Staley last year when he left Herbert in the game near the end when he had, was it a back injury or something he had last year? Was that last year that happened that left in the game too long, like week Mm -hmm. two or week three? Um, It might have been week one. I think it was week two, yeah, when that happened for the Chargers uh, last year when they left in the game way too long. I've questioned a lot of decisions Staley made. I I think it's probably the most attractive coaching job out there, J. Lou. And and thinking about, too, uh, when you go through uh, New England, uh, blah. Uh, I'm not sure what you do there. Uh, and, and, of course, they, they know they need to address the quarterback situation, much right. less uh, with that change of an era. Uh, it's, it's not just a coaching change. A coaching change is part of it, but it's a, a dawning of a new era for Robert Kraft and, and that club heading into 2024. Right. Uh, also, in, in thinking, too, uh, on the NFC side, you know Washington probably moving on uh, from from Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. At, at we thought that Matt Eberflus uh, was going to be gone. I, I I still don't know. Does he get rescued here? Like how how do the Bears have to finish to allow him uh, to to be able to remain? Uh, we know Carolina already getting rid of uh, a Frank Reich. Uh, does Arizona? No, Arizona won't do it because no. he's a, a brand new head coach. So yeah, the, you you got at least four there uh, that you look at and say. Mm, all right. Yeah, I've already got my quarterback. What what do we talk about with any contending team in the NFL? Do you have a competent quarterback? Right. And uh, of all the op- of all the possible openings we see right now, there's no question the Chargers are the best. All right, coming up next, what is or is there even a spending limit for the Dodgers? We'll talk about that next. Fan Sports Saturday on the fan. Let me see. Buckeyes, yes. Jackets, yes. Crew, yes. Fart noises. Hell yes. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports Talk, weekend style. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday. I got to tell you, Jay Lou, I'm pretty proud of myself now because I've had to 
what, we had three breaks here. I have not once gone to break saying Fan Sports Sunday or Morning oh Juice. I know, I've got it right. I haven't hosted Fan Sports Saturday for a long time. And I'm making a conscious effort to, to ensure that, um, that I don't do that. Did I say anything stupid today? So uh, make sure we get that cleared every single break. You're my baseball guy. That's why I love hosting with you, Jensen. And yes. The Dodgers obviously know the Shohei thing and the, the craziness of that and the deferred money, how smart Shohei was to do it that way and all these things. But then the Dodgers went out, traded for um, Tyler Glasnow, the um, former Rays pitcher now, with the stipulation being he's got to come to an agreement on extension with the Dodgers. They have done that five years, $135 million. Um. I know they've got they've got taxes and tax aprons and all. They got to pay a certain amount of money based on what their salary, what the payroll is, and all of that. But God, is there any end in sight for them? Because they're still in on the one of the Japanese pitchers as well. I think is there any yeah, end to this? Yeah, Yamamoto. Yeah. Well, sure there there can be, um, but the way that the way that they did this, and and remember, this is all constructed. It was it was Otani's idea, right? He's like, let me, let me do what I want as far as figuring out what is best, not only for my routine, my home. At the beginning of, of, of it all, he had said, I want to go play for a team that's going to have a chance to win and win every year. Now, that also... It lines up with, I want to stay where I feel most comfortable, what I'm used to. And that was a big thing. Again, he's not a guy that's, you know, out and about on the town. I mean, he's very, he's very homey, if you will, uh, likes a spot there in Southern California. So never really thought he would be going to the East Coast, even though Steve Cohen and the Mets probably had the most money to throw at him. They had so many other things that they had to do. Uh, this concerning the Mets, as far as holes to fill, that spending the amount of money eventually that we know now was spent on Otani would would not make sense. So, what is what is the fix here? Well, this is also collectively bargained, so that people understand it's not just the big market team. It is to a certain extent with the deferred money because a lot of the mid market teams, there's no way you could afford to defer six hundred eighty million of seven hundred. <laughs> it just Lord, is not yes. is not that. Now, by and large. Shohei is a walking cash cow. Uh, just having him on your team is going to recoup a fair amount of that contract cost in and of itself. And I got to believe there's some savvy investors uh, within Dodger management uh, that will take a portion of their proceeds from those sales, merch, you know, rights, etc., put it into a hedge fund and they may parabolically make that money back before the end of the contract anyway. So it may, it may end up paying for itself before it's all said and done. As far as the on-field competitiveness is concerned, let me highlight that just because you spend the most amount of money does not guarantee you that a, you get in the playoffs, B, you win the world series. I had done maybe a couple years ago, uh, Jeff, that, for I think coming into maybe it was 2021. No, maybe it was coming into the pandemic year. Um, for the prior 15 years, the opening day payroll of the World Series winner averaged seventh in the league. Okay. The average opening day payroll of the World Series runner up. Again, this for the low, the last 15 years, I think headed into 2020. Right. 
was 15th. Right. So league average. So if you're spending in the top half of the league as far as opening day payroll goes, you got a great chance to get to the World Series. So not far-fetched here. Sure. Okay, and, and you have your outliers. I think it was the one-year Kansas City and the Mets met up. They were both in the bottom half of, of league payroll. Right. Um, so here, in, to, to kind of circle back to your original question, like how do we, how do we fix this? It, it's collectively bargained between the players and, and ownership, and there are clauses. Actually, there, there is no real clause that says there is a time limit, basically, on when deferred money has to be paid. Uh, a la Bobby Bonilla Day that right. we have every July 1st. So, again, this was the player coming to the team and said, I I want to do this so that we are competitive for the allotment of time that I can play you know, basically for the rest of his career. We show he's 30, so he's going to be 40 by the end of the deal. And it would make sense to go to a team like the Dodgers that would have the payroll flexibility to increase and to go spend – what you saw here with Tyler Glass now, Manny Margot trade. That being said, it still doesn't guarantee you that you get in. I give you the Arizona Diamondbacks. Okay. I right. give you the, the Texas Rays Rangers. Eight years. Yes. And I and remember the pandemic year, it was actually, ironically, the Dodgers and the Rays. Battle yeah. of the top payroll, battle of the bottom payroll. Mm-hmm. You had the 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 highest payroll and the lowest payroll in the league matchup. Uh, yeah, okay, sixty game season, whatever, doesn't matter. You have plenty of instances where teams have overspent. Hey, the New York Mets had the highest payroll in baseball, missed the playoffs. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, one of the highest payrolls in baseball, missed the playoffs. The New York Yankees, one yeah, of the highest no payrolls yeah. in baseball, missed the playoffs. So this old argument about oh, you know, the mid, how can the mid market teams compete? You're saying it. Yeah, I, we we made the joke that. Watch the Yankees get Yamamoto, okay? Right. And the and and you know Tampa still go out and win the division. It, it it's the beauty of our game, and I really feel that people need to understand just because you spend all this money, yes, can you get premium talent? Absolutely, but that doesn't guarantee you in our game that it all comes together. You're, for years, I, I, the Yankees yeah. with Steinbrenner that they mm-hmm. they experienced that. Do you think how many years the Yankees went out and bought shiny new toys and traded for the biggest names with the big salaries and you know, they, they had that glory time in there with uh, with uh, Joe Torre and Jeter and those guys. Those were homegrown guys, though. Jeter, Rivera, uh, Posada, Pettit. Those guys were all homegrown guys. And they got Paul O'Neill early on in his career from the Reds in that deal with, for Roberto Kelly. But like that was what led them to those victories, not the mm-hmm. big spending on guys like Dave Winfield or going to get Steve Kemp or players like that or, you know, trying to get the, um, the, the stud player at the time, the flavor of the month. Um, and so... You're right. That's the I, I don't beauty is the word I would use, but that's the that's what's intriguing to me now though is that well, I I think it'll be I'm very curious to see how this will play out because um, the Dodgers will have the most talent on paper, more talent than most teams. I shouldn't say the most because the Braves are still God, they're really good. Um, but uh, in the Astros still have a lot of talent as well. But the the Dodgers will have yes the most among the most talent though. But the, with the money they have tied into that, that'll be just it's gonna be fun to watch. See, and I'll see what else happens too uh, with Yamamoto. See where he ends up going as well. Um, coming up next, the uh, the Buckeyes clearly want this Cotton Bowl win as some key players are practicing for that December 29th showdown. We'll talk about that next. Hear from some of them. Fan Sports Saturday on the fan. Common Man has spent the past 18 years telling you how much he hates people. And yes, that probably means you, too. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays at 3. The Fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts. 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. During weekend programming, pants are optional. Look at my However, leather chairs may have been a bad choice. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday, Tito with you. Jensen Lewis, also Ryan Baker on the other side of the glass there. You heard him on the Sports Center update there. Um, and Jensen, we got December 29th coming up for the Cotton Bowl game with Ohio State and Missouri. A um, couple things. First, I want to get. I want to play this clip. It's a little bit lengthy, but we had Ryan Day on Morning Juice on Thursday, and I asked him, because you know, we got the Marvin Harris Jr. situation where he hasn't said what he's going to do yet. Uh, if he's going to go pro, he says he, he really truly sounds like he's 50-50 on what to do on this one. And I asked him, without saying specifically, I said not specifically about any player, but if a player comes to him and says, uh, and Ryan Day knows this guy's going to be like a first-round pick or be a, a decent draft pick, and the kid says, hey, um, I think I want to come back to school you know, what's Ryan Day's role? Does he feel like he has to, or does he feel like, you know, telling the kid, hey, nope, go to the NFL, get out of here. If the kid truly wants to come back to school, though, how does he handle that and what's his role? Here's what Ryan Day said on Morning Juice. This was on Thursday. You know, this time of year, there's just a lot of conversations, uh, you know, for each each of the players. And, and our job is to give them the information they need. Certainly, there's the recruiting the high school players, there's uh, the portal, and then there's your current roster. You know, in all those situations, what you're doing is you're trying to give them information, you know, help them understand, in particular, what you're asking about the NFL is, you know, if they go to the NFL, um, you know, what they can look at in terms of uh, their, their draft status, um, you know, where some of the feedback that we're getting, um, you know, they would, uh, you know, they'd be looking at. But then also, you know, what, what comes with coming back uh, for another year, certainly the, the team goals. You know, and, and accomplishing those as a Buckeye, uh, but then also coming back for another year may improve their their draft status. Or you know, for some guys, it's it's you know being more prepared once they get to the NFL. It's one thing just to get there and get drafted. It's another thing to do well once you're there. Be prepared. See, I kind of believe just that it if Marvin Harrison Jr. were to go to Ryan Day and say, "Hey, I think I want to play another year," do you think Ryan Day's answer should be? That's great. We'll take you because obviously it imp- improves their chances of winning or say, you know what? Give this some real thought because you're a top three pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. And, and again, we're in a, a different world with NIL and, and what the, the comps as far as projected uh, bonus and, and contract could look like uh, if indeed he goes uh, in those top three picks versus some of the rumors Um that he he could come back and and be in the twenty million echelon of uh, I mean that's just mind boggling um, to think about and and I think I'm, I'm trying trying to put myself back in in the situation I was in right um, as as a collegiate uh, baseball player at Vanderbilt so I had a decision you know to enter the draft my after my my junior season I was going to be a top three top five round pick and again it. Uh, a very solid signing bonus in there, or I'd come. I could come back for my senior season. I would lose some leverage as far as the negotiations uh, with whoever would draft me, because you know basically you're at the end of of your collegiate tenure as far as eligibility, and teams would use that uh, against me. Now I sat down with Tim Corbin, uh, who's still the head coach there, and 
you know, he said, Hey, your, your scholarship is honored here. Uh, you know, you're, if you decide to come back, uh, you're, you're fully taken care of. So don't let that be a hindrance to you of, you know, what do I do if I really ultimately decide that, you know, I need another year. Uh, at the same time, he was pretty candid. He said, you know, we could really, really use, <laughs> you know, cause, right. uh, it was me and, and maybe one or two other guys that was on a complete full ride. And, you know, in the SEC at Vanderbilt with tuition, what it was back in you know 2004, 2005, it's a, it's a hefty sum there, and it would sure. be great to land a top recruit. So for me, I felt that I had done enough, and I was ready to move on. And for Marvin Harrison Jr., the real thing is, and he's been very adamant about, about it, Jeff, of, you know, I, the money is no issue. Now, it's going to be because in football, you're one hit away yes. or you're one non-contact injury away from losing multi-million dollar security. Right. In in prisoner of the moment status at the moment here, if I'm him, I, I, I if they would have beat Michigan, it's a no-brainer. I'm done. NFL, here I come. It's just a matter of what top three spot am I going to be drafted in. Uh, now that he's lost and he doesn't have the opportunity um, this year to to go win a national title, I can understand the human element and the competitor in him too. But, man, you've got to be solid. You've got to be objective. And if you're Ryan Day, I get, in my heart of hearts, i got to tell him, you've you got to go play on Sundays. How much different could the fortunes of so many players, so many people changed. If um, Kyle McCord does not get hit when throwing that pass at the end of the Michigan game, and he completes it, leads them down, they end up winning. McCord's back at Ohio State because they beat mm-hmm. Iowa and go to the playoff. Harrison mm-hmm. Jr. is definitely gone. More of these other guys, they'll play in the bowl game, but they'll be gone as well. But it could change the it would change the narrative so much for so many players, so many people. If McCord has a half a second more to throw that ball. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. You're right. You think back to, and I, I hate bringing it up, but I bring it up every year though, Jalen Smith from Notre Dame who got hurt in the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State yeah. when mm-hmm. it, it drastically altered his career. So yeah, Harrison, look, his dad obviously, and you, you can't really say that because I, just because your dad made a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to have a lot of money. Shaq always said um, when his kids talk about the way, he said, no, that's my money. You got to make your own yeah. money. That's my money. Yeah. Not that Harrison does that, not that Marvin Sr. does that, but you know, he, he had to have made, I think, in his career close to $100 million with the contracts, endorsements, and whatnot. Um, but there are some Buckeyes, so Harrison hasn't decided yet, but some Buckeyes came out. Uh, Denzel Burks, Emeka Abuka, um, Jack Sawyer, Jordan Hancock, uh, Donovan Jackson, Cody Simon, all said they're playing in the bowl game, and uh, some of those are a surprise. Here's Jack Sawyer um, talking about how you know it was an easy decision for him to play in the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, we just have so much love for each other. When you, when you go to work with guys every day in the offseason for the last three years, you know, you build those friendships, that brotherhood that lasts a lifetime. Um, and you come to a stage, you know, in your career like this, uh, you know, it just makes sense to go out one last time, no matter what anyone's going to decide to do. So that was really the conversations. And, you know, honestly, it was a really easy decision for a lot of us. Uh, but some, you know, some guys are in different positions. And if some guys decide not to play, you know, I fully respect and understand that. Um, and I get it. And, you know, it makes complete sense. But, um, you know, a lot of us decided, you know, we're going to play. You know, definitely us underclassmen, you know, should play and, and need to play. And that's what makes this bowl game, and Ohio State bias aside, the most intriguing game to me outside of the 
championship games, the semifinal, the final CFP games, just because Missouri really wants this game. Like, this is a huge game for their program if they come in and beat Ohio State. And Ohio State's got a quarterback who is auditioning for next year's starting job in Devin Brown. And they've got a bunch of guys that, uh, like we heard from Sawyer, that want to play. Um, here's Abuka talking about him playing in the Cotton Bowl. I am playing in the bowl game. Um, that's one thing that's for sure. Um, I think it's important to end off the season on the right note uh, with a win against a really good team. Um, and I'm excited to, you know, have another chance to be on the field with my brothers. As of my future, I'm not. I'm totally undecided. So, this says a lot about the culture to me at Ohio State, Jensen. Does it you? It does, and and I think it's also, you know, the residual effect of losing to Michigan. You know, for the the past few seasons. I mean, you've got. Uh, guys that that want to end on a high note, but also understand that there's yet still unfinished business. Imagine, imagine that locker room, that practice field. I mean, it it hangs over you, even getting ready for this bowl game. I and mean, it's tough to move on from that. And uh, and I wonder if that'll factor even after the bowl game. Yeah, you, know, you wonder if it'll factor into where guys are motivation wise and and what it takes now. I mean, if we talk hot seats, not that Ryan Days is is you know, the sun at the moment, but we're, we're starting to get a little bit closer uh, to the middle of the universe as far as heat goes. And, and this is a critical off season for him already with the amount of transfers, uh, with the amount of uh, guys in the portal and with uh, recruiting where it's at, knowing you're losing the best wide receiver in the country. Uh, you, you have a guy in, in Devin Brown who can, who can step in and be your starting quarterback. But we all know with the guys that are available, I mean, Cam Ward would be unbelievable, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it would be. It would. It would really equalize the the position that in 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 certain weeks failed them. And that's all due respect to Kyle McCord. But let's face it: look at the teams that are playing in the college football playoff. Dual threat quarterbacks, explosiveness, right? And and that's what Ohio State has been lacking in the most important position in college football. The the further we get into the transfer portal, I, I think Cam Ward. I think he ends up at Florida State when it's all said and done. Um, I know a Malik Murphy from Texas has got three years of eligibility left. He is uh, leaving Texas as the backup quarterback there. Um, but I, the more we get into the, the more I'm convincing myself that I think that next year it'll be a competition between Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholes, and Aaron Nolan for that starting job. I don't think the Buckeyes, now they might go in the transport for somebody like this year from the kid from Oregon who came in as a, you know, seventh year senior or whatever and was never yeah. going to be the starter. They may do something like that just for depth purposes, but I think that. Um, I think this is going to be a competition between those three guys I mentioned going into the season. I, I feel like, uh, but this game here will have a lot to say about that um, as far as where that goes and how Devin looks. But it's it's an exciting bowl game for me now. It, honestly, if Kyle McCord were playing in this bowl game, it would be less exciting for me just because I, you know, now now I'm trying to get a good look at at Brown and Keenholz getting significant snaps. Whereas before, I already know what Kyle McCord is, if that makes sense. And I got to tell you, and I've watched a, a good amount of Missouri games uh, this year. Yeah, that that is a that is a team hungry. Yeah. to to finish their season with a say. I mean, they were a handful in the SEC this year. Yeah, and and to know, as I said, if you look at the twelve team playoff, if that was in place this year, I would not want to be playing 
Cody Schrader, that offense. Uh, I mean, right. They're, they're going to be a great challenge for Ryan Day in all facets. Yeah, and it, I've said all along, too, uh, this is what I'm saying. This bowl game doesn't matter unless Ohio State loses. That's what it matters, you know, for, for Ohio State yeah. fans. It doesn't, oh, okay, we beat Missouri. We should beat Missouri. It's a Cotton Bowl. It's a non-CFP game. Ohio State should beat Missouri. The game doesn't matter unless Missouri wins. And I'm telling you, this game means one hell of a lot to Missouri's football program. If they can say they beat Ohio State, oh my God, that's huge. So that's what I'm excited about this game and is in the fact that you know the other games, you got Florida State playing their backup or their third string quarterback is Georgia. Georgia should roll. So many opt-outs, you know, Drake May is not playing in his game. There's not many games that have this many uh, or this much on the line for the coaches to want to end on a positive note, Missouri too. Um, you know, Missouri they they had a chance to get a signature win against Georgia that went down uh, for a long time. They were very close, and then uh, before Georgia pulled away. But this is their chance for a signature win, and, it's, and for Ohio State, it's Devin Brown's chance to really get a stranglehold on this job going into next year. Yep, yep, and again, uh, making that impression that can last over the winter, and and to have people uh, within that building marinate on that—that's mm-hmm. as that's as good an endorsement as you can have going into spring practice. Coming up next, we have an update: What's going on in football right now? And Tricky Nick is doing Tricky Nick things, and he is savvy. We'll do that next. Fan Sports Saturday on the Fan. Big Voice Guy here to remind you that you're listening to the Fan Ohio Sports Destination. Okay, thanks. I have three more seconds. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live, local, and still slightly drunk. I'm, I'm not drunk, all right? I just have a speech impediment. This is Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday, Tito, Jensen, Lewis, Shake and Bake, Ryan Baker with you until 2 o'clock. Then we've got the pregame show, Buckeye warm-up show with Timmy Hall. Is that right? Timmy Hall's coming in studio. Is that correct, Ryan? That is correct. Timmy will be here live mm-hmm. and in person. Uh, Bobcats lead Georgia Southern 27-7 in the Myrtle Beach Bowl in the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Howard, 16, Florida Atlantic, right, Florida A&M, sorry, Florida A&M, 7. Um, the OU game, 6.06 left in the third there. Like I say, it's 27-7. to 7. Howard's game is about midway through the second quarter almost. And like I say, Howard's leading 16-7. to 7. NFL, uh, Bengals have a 3-0 lead on the Vikings. Bengals took the opening kickoff, drove almost seven minutes with the ball. Uh, Vikings have it now, but um, Bengals have a 3-0 lead in that game. Um, the Alabama... Crimson Tide are taking on Michigan in the uh, one of the CFP semifinal matchups. And uh, Alabama has hired George Hilo. I think that's how you pronounce his name, George Hilo, mm-hmm. um, ex-Michigan assistant coach who was uh, with Michigan as a linebacker's coach in 2021 and 2022 before he and uh, Harbaugh decided to go different ways in February. So um, they bring him on now. He is not going to be one of the Tide's 10 on-field assistants. By the way, he also his coaching career started with Saban as like a grad assistant, I believe, at Alabama. So it's not like he brought some guy in totally out of the blue. Nonetheless, kind of a smart move by Saban to bring in a Michigan guy. The only one to be better, if they brought in Connor Stallions, that would be a real head-turner. <laughs> but outside of Connor Stallions, this might be like the second best savvy move you can make. 
Uh, familiarity, right, uh, yeah. of, of the Michigan system, of course, uh, working under a current uh, Wolverine D coordinator, Jesse Minter, back in 22. Um, so, yeah, as far as personnel, uh, and it sounds like particularly at linebacker uh, is is where uh, Hilo understands and, and is really familiar with the, the Michigan defensive system. So, uh, yeah, any any advantage? I mean, come on. Uh, we're not surprised that Nick Saban uh, has an ability to uh, find uh, the shortcuts uh, when it comes to getting prepared for college football uh, playoff matchups. And uh, this, again, another sub-layer of, of what is going to be a really, really intriguing matchup because of Alabama getting in, of Florida State not getting in. And, yeah. you know, is it, is it now here? Okay, so we set, we set it up here. And, again, we're all rooting for Alabama to beat Michigan. Yes. Uh, but is, is it going to be a difference maker here? Like, do we get into a close game in the fourth quarter? Hilo's got, you know, a look on third and short uh, where he can help out save me like hey if this if this is the formation uh, if this is where we're seeing uh, you know people line up this is what is going to happen of course it looks like genius and sure. and, and, and intrigued to see where it goes from here I would have more respect for Saban by the way if he hires this guy and says you know what we're not going to talk at all I just wanted I just wanted Michigan to know to think that Games I hired you right and just say you know what you can come you're gonna sit in the box up top uh, you know help yourself to the buffet uh, put the headphones on listen to music I won't be talking to you I've got it I just wanted to do this to like the only like if they hire but one of Shem Beckler's relatives maybe to come yeah. in you know something yeah. like that and this is a lot like the uh, uh, the Jordan son marrying Pippin's ex wife that's what this <laughs> could be something like that where you could just get to the head of Harbaugh in Michigan and think oh. Wait, we got to change some stuff up now. They know too much over there without really doing anything. Yeah, but I, I wonder too. Uh, in 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 moving into the to the preparation here, <clears throat> you know how much how much do you really need to know uh, uh, right. that you don't already see on film? Now that's why I said it could come down to hey tendencies in in these situations late in the game formations. Um, th- those are things too where yeah you're going to look at you know. Just oodles, oodles of tape, right? Uh, but but something that could really be beneficial uh, in that in that quick decision making time frame that that Hilo might be able to bring. One of the things I love so much about these expanded SEC and Big Ten conferences for next year is, I feel like there is going to be um, less, uh, at least one or two fewer cupcakes on the schedules of the powerhouses because of the fact you're adding UCLA, USC, Oregon, Washington to the Big Ten and adding Oklahoma, Texas to the SEC. I looked at the schedules. The SEC came out with their official schedules for next year. Alabama, and I'm not saying they're going to beat Wisconsin, Wisconsin will beat them, but Alabama next year has to play at Wisconsin. They host Georgia at Tennessee, at LSU, at Oklahoma before playing against Auburn. I mean, like that seems like it's a tougher schedule than they've had in recent memory. Um, you, you look at like Georgia. Georgia's opening up with Clemson. Uh, they play you know, at Alabama. They play at Texas. They've got their Florida game. Uh, home against Tennessee at Ole Miss. Like it seems like that's going to be one of the nice things about this is the fact that we will have these teams not able to schedule weaker teams uh, as much going forward. And and also too, we we already know that the rotation, uh, the the opponents that are locked in, yeah, uh, and and anxious also to see the adjustments for your non conference too with the expanded playoff, and and it'll be more so too after the completion of next year, Jeff. Of oh gosh, yeah, we do need to, to dial it back on on maybe a certain opponent or. 
you know, this was beneficial for us, and we didn't even know it right. uh, as far as the scheduling heading into next season. So anxious to see where all that falls. And I know the other argument is, well, this now waters down the importance of every week. Like, every week means something. I, I still think we get that because look at the NFL, right? We've We've got teams. The AFC is a perfect example. It is all jumbled here. No matter what, down the stretch, the next four weeks... Yeah are critical for every team. And yeah. and teams playing spoiler. There's pride there too. Okay, of of rival you're still getting the rivalries. You're still getting those things that matter. I I just hope that there are some things from a scheduling perspective overall right. where when they come out with them they don't interfere with what we're used to on Thanksgiving weekend. Um, you know, we we've been saying like the Penn State Ohio State game should be a blackout. It should be, or it, it should be a whiteout. Well, you yeah, should yeah. be having this, you should be having this at night. Regardless, hey, if you want Ohio State Penn State second week of the year, okay, but it's got to be a night game. Right, yeah. You know, don't right. don't don't upset the apple cart there where the traditions of these conference even bringing in other teams. And that's the beauty too. What happens if you know, a, a USC Michigan rivalry ends up really, really being intrigued. I said when when we found out that those two teams and UCLA and, and USC, those two universities were, were coming in, you now, from a broadcast standpoint, Jeff, you have the ability to overlap the way that the SEC does yeah. from noon all the way through eight, you know, eight o'clock kickoffs. You're going to get that now. I mean, a lot of us will be locked into maybe a 3.30 kickoff now that we might not have before if if UCLA is good and Penn State is sure. good. You know, imagine those weeks where you can get each window matched up with as good a matchup as the SEC can throw out there, too, even with Oklahoma and Texas coming there. Michigan's got Texas next year in Michigan, USC in Ann Arbor, at Washington, um, host Oregon at Ohio State. I mean, my God! That is a that's a brutal schedule for them. Um, Ohio State now twenty twenty four Ohio State's not too bad, but I think in twenty twenty five is when it takes off for Ohio State because they get Texas here. Um, they are at Michigan that year, Penn State here, UCLA here, at Washington, at Wisconsin. I mean, I can't wait for that. I, I'm just so glad that that some of these weak Big Ten teams. And by the way, I wish they would kick some of these Big Ten teams out of the conference. It don't matter in football; they won't do it. I know. But just get rid of Northwestern, get rid of Illinois, get rid of um, some of these other schools, get rid of Rutgers. I don't care. I know they won't do it, but that's how I stand on it. Um, but in 2026, Ohio State travels to Texas. They travel to Iowa. Um, they host Oregon. They're at USC. They host Michigan. It's just it's uh, the regular season is it might not in the grand scheme of things mean as much. But I think we're going to get better matchups now in the regular season where on a weekly basis, we're going to get more very watchable, intriguing football. And that's what excites me about it. I I think, Jets, I think we're done seeing. I don't think we're going to see another undefeated college football champion for a long time. It doesn't feel that way. Uh, And and then, you know, when you do end up seeing it, it it might even just embolden uh, those teams to say, like, look at at the – Look at the path we had to go through, not only from our conference, right, but also through three additional weeks of of playoff games. And I think it's going to be great for the sport. I, yeah. I really like that they they did not go to neutral sites for the early round games and even the quarterfinal games. Uh, to yeah. me, that that just that will that will reinforce the importance of the regular season. 
the the rankings will still matter. If nothing else, then hey, if we don't get those first four to get a buy, man alive, does it make all the difference? Again, down the stretch, yeah. last four weeks could be the difference between you hosting one of those early games, uh, those early round games, or you having to travel. God knows across the country. Remember, because you're going to play week to week. Yeah. So there's still the fatigue factor there. There's still end of the season. You know, there there's going to be a lot into this that I don't think people have really fully wrapped their heads around that will be impactful in a positive way. I deliberately ran long on this because Ryan Baker hates the 12-team playoff, and I wanted to do this to make sure we did not have time from sitting on the air. So, Ryan, nope, don't. We're out of time. Coming up next, we've had several pretty impressive NBA performances this week. Were any of them game ball worthy? And Pistons fans are starving. We'll talk about that next. Fan Sports Saturday on The Fan. One, two, three. Here in the van is always football o'clock. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, Browns, and all the NFL games you can handle. The fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Garnish your Bloody Mary with Sports Talk. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday, Tito Jensen-Lewis, Ryan Baker with you going through to 2 o'clock, and then Timmy Hall joins you for the fan warm-up show leading into the Ohio State-UCLA game. Can't wait for that. Um, a, a few significant things happened in the NBA this week. Joel Embiid, um, Jensen, yesterday, um, he scored 30 more points in his 10th straight game. Mm-hmm. And the other players who have done that are Tiny Archibald, Elgin Baylor, Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and Jerry West. So he has done that. So that's a pretty important streak right there. Very interesting. Uh, good for Joel Embiid doing that. Also last night, Jalen Brunson scored a career-high 50 points for the Knicks. Um, He also made nine three-pointers. He's the first player in Knicks history to score 50 points while making nine threes. He was also the first player to go eight for eight on three-pointers and a half in NBA history. And the fourth player in Knicks history to record a 50-point game, 70% shooting, um, 50 points. Patrick Ewing, Bernard King, Willis Reed are the other ones. And when the game ended, Julius Randle grabbed the game ball for him to make sure he had it. Why that is important is because this week, the Bucks hosted the Pacers. Bucks hosted the Pacers. Giannis scores 64 points for Milwaukee. So, when the game ended, he wanted said game ball. Well, the Pacers, the visiting team, stole the ball from him. Uh, and took it aside. They ran with it and all this stuff, all because, and I'm trying to think the player's name that um, that scored his first career NBA point in the game. Oh, Oscar Shibway. Oscar Shibway. There we go. Thank you. Oscar Shibway scored his first career point in that game. They took the ball and ran. Giannis was pissed off. There was a scuffle in the um, hallway. Giannis tried to get it. They tried to give him a ball that wasn't the game ball. Now, I believe Giannis should have the right to that ball first because he is on the home team. Do you agree with that, or do you think it should just be whoever can get it, get it? So, again, in baseball, we have multiple game balls. Right. Uh, you know, football so, the same way, right. Football the same way. Uh, are you telling me that 
they they kept the same ball in for the entire game, and and I didn't I didn't get to watch the entire game to, right. to know if they did or not. But bottom line, I, I have to think that you know you you side with the team at home, which would have been the Bucks, right? And there could have been a like I I, I don't know if we have the full entire story on were there things said uh, that allowed this to get heated as it did because you you know Giannis a pretty mellow dude as far as you know his his overall demeanor yeah and for him to go on a dead sprint i mean a dead sprint right you know like you wonder if the pacers had something to say and halbert was out there too so i mean you got your captain you got your guy that uh could have been like hey man i get it's a franchise like you got another ball (laughs) yes i know you're telling me we only use one ball for the game right dude's first nba point you know can he you know I, I, the, the etiquette for me, you always side with the, the home team, but I think there is a mediation that can happen. Uh, I mean, we see guys hit home runs, you know, from opposing teams and right. there's trades made like got to be a way to, to handle this as gentlemen. And there's got, so, and you're right. There's so, more than one game ball. There has to be like, they didn't use the same ball the entire game. I can't believe. And so it, it, anyway, if Shibway goes or some of the paces, Shibway specifically goes to Giannis and says, Hey, look, you know what? Can I have the game ball? I scored my first career point. Giannis seems like he's the nicest guy. They probably say, "Yeah, here you go. Sure. That's fine." He might do that, or they might just grab another one that was in the game. But you know, when Shibway scores his first point, the next time there's a break in the game, the Pacers say, "Hey, um, can we have that ball and bring a new one in?" But that, you're right; it seemed very overblown on that one. What's not overblown though is Pistons fans. Now <laughs> they start off the season two and one on October 28th, Wingstop in Detroit came out with a promotion that said every time the Pistons win, you get, if you go to online to order with code Pistons, you get five free wings, which is great. It's great. Absolutely. Other the fact, they've now lost 22 straight games, <laughs> have not won since the promotion started. They went from 2-1 and one to 2-23, and 23, got, the, got their butts beat last night bad by Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. But, by the way, good for Wingstop. It's a great promotion. You never have to pay. Well, it, or you're not going to have to pay a lot, right? Uh, let's put it that way, because it doesn't feel like uh, the Pistons are going to be winning uh, with regularity. Uh, what a, I, I think I also saw to uh, tickle our gambling fancy here. Uh, if you had started with a hundred dollar wager right. on the opponent's money line uh, at the beginning of this losing streak, rolled it over every time. Uh, you're sitting at a cool hundred and five thousand right now in profit. Oh, mm. that'll yeah. pay for some Christmas gifts. Two and twenty three. And what's hard to believe about that is the Pistons went out and spent big mm-hmm. on a head coach this year. Yeah. Right? The one got was at Monty Williams um, and paid him a, a boatload of money to come there. I'm not saying this is all his fault that he did this. Uh, you know, I'm not saying fire Monty Williams or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. But nonetheless, um, they paid him quite a bit of money to do this. And you would think they... For how much they're paying him, they shouldn't have a 22 game. It's really hard to lose 22 games during the NBA. It's like the fifth or sixth most games lost in the same season in a row in the NBA. Um, you're, you're, you're rivaling the Sixers, uh, their process you had to trust for like a decade, it seemed like. That's where they're at right now. But my God, this is bad. And the Spurs, you know, they finally got off the, the schneid for them. They had a long losing streak as well for being the Lakers last night. Um, but I, I don't know. End in sight for the Pistons. Uh, good Lord. I mean, it, now it's a thing where 
I bet the the Wingstop people still think, God, we should have said if they win a game in November, you get free wings for a year, you know, or something like that. May as well have gone all out. But uh, the Pistons team, though, yeah, I don't, God, I don't know what their next opportunity. It, it doesn't even matter. You look at you look at a game they're going to play, and you say, Oh, they should win that game. No, we're beyond that now. They they play at Atlanta. No, they're in. They're in Milwaukee tonight. Oh, in Milwaukee, hang, they're not going to win that. Hang one. with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got the the Hawks on the road on Monday. Um, in that now, one, I'll give so. a cav- I'll give you a caveat. Okay, yeah. so I watched a little bit of the Lakers and the Spurs last night for the LeBron versus Wemby. Right. Uh, Spurs end their longest losing streak mm-hmm. in franchise history, which was 18 games to a Lakers team. Yes, Anthony Davis did not play, uh, but that was on their home court. So, uh, better question here. A, does Detroit end the losing streak at home or on the road? Mm. And just so for where people are, they're in Milwaukee tonight. Mm-hmm. Then they got to go to Atlanta on Monday. And I don't believe they're home again until Thursday against the Jazz. And the Jazz haven't been very good. No. But, but do we. And, and here's the other thing if you're someone out there, there's always someone. Uh, who decided to crazily do this? Even if you jumped in when they were they lost four or five in a row, okay, you're still sitting pretty if you've rolled that that hundo over. They're in Cleveland Wednesday. Are they in Cleveland? No, I think Cleveland. Aren't they? No, you're right. No, you're right. They're not. No, you're right. The Jazz are yeah, Cleveland Wednesday. Jazz are. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. If, if you're that person that's holding on yeah. to the to the rollover winnings right, right now, what's your what's your sweat like? What's your demeanor like? Are you taking Are mm. you taking a portion of the winnings right now? Just say no matter what on on the off chance that. Giannis can't make anything tonight, and uh, you know, Kate Cunningham puts up a forty burger. If I turned one hundred into one hundred and five thousand, whatever it is, if I turn into that, I am absolutely cashing out. Cashing about, out, done. About okay. eighty thousand of it. Then okay. I'll keep rolling with the rest of it if I have to. I, I have no okay. problem doing that, but I, I I would not cash the whole thing out because I'm stupid um, and I'm a degenerate. <laughs> but I certainly, but I was smart enough to realize I've got to cash some of that out though. Only so I can lose all of that eighty grand later, because I'll find some way to put it on something stupid later on. It's a surefire thing. I had a buddy of mine one time who was in Vegas and put like a thousand dollars to win a hundred on. I think it was Pedro Martinez against the against the Guardians, or it was a Randy Johnson game, or whatever against somebody a bad team at the time. And uh, the starting pitcher who he loved, whoever it was, it was Johnson or Martinez, got knocked out in the first inning, and oh, luckily. The team he bet on came back and won eventually, but I can only imagine what the what the rest of that day felt like for like a thousand one hundred. Just stupid to ever do that. Um, but yeah, mm. so uh, that's what I would do. All right, coming up next, we'll wrap things up here on a Saturday and uh, give you an update on what's going on with the Cincinnati game and also the bowl games that we have. Uh, we'll do that all next Fan Sports Saturday on the Fan. A lot of hosts have been on our airways in the past 30 years. Some good, some bad, some really bad. Anyway, sorry for that. The fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. believe it's appropriate to tailgate before a youth soccer game. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday, final segment of the program before we turn it over to Tim Hall. Timmy Hall's going to be in here shortly. 
with the fan warm-up show leading into Ohio State UCLA playing down there in Georgia. I'm Jeff Thidoff. He's Jensen Lewis. Uh, if you liked us, we're back tomorrow night after the Browns post-game coverage leading into yeah. Sunday night. If you don't like us, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> but we'll be back anyway, regardless if you like us or not. So um, going on right now in college basketball, Indiana leads number two Kansas 40-32 to at the half in a game being played. Uh, a neutral site, Indianapolis. Uh, so um, that's going on right now in the college football world. Ohio University in the Myrtle Beach Bowl leads Georgia Southern 34 to 21, about 12 and a half to go in that game. Howard leads Florida A&M 16 to 10 in the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Uh, again, halftime in that game over in the NFL right now, Vikings and Bengals. Vikings lead 7 to 3 with 11.44 to go in the second quarter there. Um, uh, Jensen, so forward. Now we got this high state UCLA game tonight, and Timmy's going to talk much more about it than we are right now. But uh, I, I mentioned earlier what an important game says for Ohio State after the way last year went in January and February, the first part of March, when they kept either blowing leads or losing close games somehow. And uh, I'm going to way overreact if Ohio State loses this game. It's a game they should win, and it's a game they should win, I think, by like an eight-point margin. Mm. Uh, again, off to a, a much better start, eight and two. Again, already with a rank victory uh, over Alabama uh, and convincing uh, an eleven point win. So, if you're looking for that, also starts a stretch here, four games at home and uh, five of their next six uh, as they get uh, UCLA, New Orleans, West Virginia, Rutgers. Uh, they'll head to Bloomington and then uh, welcome in Wisconsin before going to Michigan. So. Uh, again, uh, uh, the home slate has been very good. Uh, the only loss, the only blemish to, to Texas A&M. No shame. Uh, and, and no shame. A very competitive game, too. Good club there uh, in the SEC. But I'm with you again. A focus for me, the backcourt, uh, and, and really taking care of the basketball. If you can do that, limit transition uh, for UCLA, easy, bu- easy buckets for them, uh, and, and see what you can do. But again, as you said, a, a winnable game. Uh, and one that uh, defend home court, do what's necessary, and do the little things to get across the line. I'm heading to Kings Island today with the family oh. and another family for their winter festival thing, whatever. So anyway, I'm doing that. Um, am, am I a bad father and husband if I have an AirPod in listening to NFL football today and also the, the Buckeye game throughout time? Am I, does that make me an, a semi-absentee uh, parent husband? No, if you were absentee... Uh, then you would not show up to Kings Island. That would be absentee. Uh, I think you are present. Yeah. Uh, your your attention, though, could be elsewhere. God, it's a bad day to do this. I mean, I know, <laughs> look, weather-wise, it works. And the timing, yeah, that's it. We've got it's the last time schedules. you're going to be able to do it, weather-wise. Yes. Yes. We've got crazy schedules in our lives, and so it doesn't happen often. So I, this is the problem, though. So we're going with another family. Um, the same car and everything. I don't think the other dad was that excited to go either. And we had it out. If either one of us would have said, no, we're not going, I think both of us have the out in the women mm. go and take the kids. But mm. neither of us had the stones to do it, and neither oh, of us yeah. wanted to be the dad that said it. Yeah. Now but, that I understand. But so now we're both going, and it'll be fine. It'll be fun. Merry Christmas, all that stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Love you, family. Love you, kids. Got it. It'll be great. Make memories. I'm just saying that I almost wish I had the stones to say, you know what? No, I thought he would, though. So I think there'll be tension between him and I because I think we're both going to be pissed off at each other that neither of us said no because if one of us just says no, if we both don't turn the key, if one of us does not turn the key, it doesn't launch. 
There's all you can still pull the eject button closer to no. departure time. Two thirty, we're departing. It's like no, it's, oh, it's okay. So it's, you're done. Yeah, right, wife started gassed up the the GMC, and we're picking them up <laughs> at two thirty. It's all it, there's no way I can turn back now. All I can hope for is like a kid throws up before we go. Oh God! So no, that so I, that would save me if that would happen. I, I'm not like wishing you. sickness. Their kid throws up. That would do it. There you go. Yeah, that that that's uh, again. If you were wishing ill, which we never like. No, we hate doing there, that. There's the ill you wish. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want it to be like COVID or something. Just like a bad, uh, just yeah. a, a quick stomach thing, a 24 hour thing. You know what I mean? Uh, or or six hour thing. Whatever. Glass glass half full. Yes. I don't think it's supposed to rain uh, no. until tomorrow. By the way, if you're going to the Browns game tomorrow, hang with them. God, is it going to be a monsoon? Is it really? Oh, it's going to be awful. Uh, and uh, if, if you're going to hammer the under, what a time to do it. Yeah. Uh, because it's like rain from 8 in the morning through, I don't know. It's going to be an awful, awful situation. But uh, it, it hopefully, uh, and again, if you want to look glass half full here, uh, plenty of TVs there at yeah. Kings Island. Right. Uh, would would assume uh, yes. that they would, would have uh, at least one of the contests on. Yeah. Bengals, so, yeah. Yeah, you, you could be... be You'd be all right in, yeah. in passing. You right. know, you could still be fully present, but in you know absentee in passing. The the former Buckeyes NFL players at the station hate me because I always tell them that there's nothing I love more than watching football in terrible weather from the comfort of my recliner with a blanket oh, on. Yes. Like yeah. I love doing. It. So I'm glad there's a monsoon tomorrow for Cleveland. I I want bad weather games all the time, and I've always told these guys I don't care if you freeze out there. I don't care frostbite, <laughs> lose a finger, whatever. I don't care. None of that matters to me because I enjoy watching it from the warmth of my chair. Will you guys suffer? It's hysterical. I I'm know. Sure they, I'm sure they will embrace you. I don't. Warmly. I don't like it for baseball. Just <laughs> FYI, I don't like it for oh, you guys. For you that, people, I don't like it. But I do me, like it. Too many times uh, coming home from. Spring training yeah. in Arizona, in which your body is so used to uh, 80s uh, yep. and warmth, and that first homestead. Well, I, yeah, it would be the first homestead because traditionally we'd open up on the West Coast, right? And then you'd come home, and and you were hoping that uh, it was like a Seattle Anaheim, sure. yeah, uh, so that you still had uh, at least a little bit of warmth to come uh, to come back from. But man, that first homestand. Oh my God! I mean, space heaters in the bullpen, and you every possible layer on. Uh, I was never a sleeves guy, though. Uh, I would I'd wear them all to stay warm, and then when I warmed up, I I could not do the sleeves. It, it just it was too much of an impediment for me. So all right, uh, I'm with you on that. The, the you can survive cold, but wind and precipitation, blah. No thanks. All right, uh, J. Lou, thanks. Let's do again tomorrow. Make sure you tune in for Fan Sports Sunday. Fan warm up show with Timmy Hall next, right here on the Fan. Bo Bishop is a media legend. We have no idea where the other guys came from. Bishop and Friends. Weekdays from 9 to noon. The fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Casting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit LindsayHonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.